Welcome, hello, this is Apostolic Truth Today, and my name is Derek, the host of the show. And for those that don't know, this is a podcast. said it i really do like that intro found it online i paid an ungodly amount don't even want to say that out loud but i enjoy it um putting time energy and financials um into this podcast uh, and, and hopefully you know someone gets something out of it that's what this is all about you know god's work uh, manifesting through me um to you guys so today's lesson, or to, the thing that we're going to go over today, is God's covering, what God did for us. Okay, and for today, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of being after the fact of Adam and Eve's creation. Uh, over in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So the devil and serpent was here to deceive Eve. Adam was created first, and he received the instruction to not eat of this tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. And he imparted that knowledge unto Eve. And Eve knew what to do, and um, the serpent beguiled Eve and, and got her to partake of the fruit. And with what did that happen? Um, she got Adam to partake of eating of this fruit. Uh, reason being, um, women can be very persuasive, and, and men, you know, can sometimes play the dumb. That's just kind of how that works. Um, but after the fact of um, partaking of this fruit uh, that God told them specifically not to ingest it, specifically, they could eat of any tree that they wanted. They could have eaten of any fruit that they wanted, but they could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of everlasting life, or the tree of life. Um, so what had happened at this moment is they had brought sin into the equation. Um, and Satan beguiled them, the, the, the serpent beguiled them, by stating, you will not surely die. But this was, you know, a lie. Um, in, in some sense, they died spiritual. There was a spiritual death and a disconnect that had taken place at that moment, that uh, throughout the Old Testament history wasn't wasn't going to be be the same. It's not even the same now, but we're in a better standing because of of what had transpired later in the New Testament. But at this point, there was a disconnect. One would say a schism um, between what God had had planned for the relationship between them, 
you know, man was made in the likeness of him. You know, uh, they were they were like you know God. There there was a relationship there. They 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 there was a, a purity there. There was a one would say an innocence there, and, and they just had true relationship with God. And then sin entered the equation. If you skip down to uh, Genesis chapter three verse seven, it says the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The cool thing about this, if you go back to Genesis, I believe it was chapter 2 at the end, it says that they knew they were naked and they were ashamed not. So what had changed? Well, shame had entered into their lives and sin had entered into their lives. They ate of the knowledge of good and evil. And what was before innocent and fine now was not, for they knew they were naked. So um, they, they were nervous. They were scared. They, they were like, we've got to fix this. We've got to... We've got to somehow make this right. So what did they go ahead and do? They sewed fig leaves together. And they made themselves aprons. So after the serpent beguiled or tricked the woman, the man, uh, into eating the tree of knowledge to know good and evil, uh, they realized that they were now naked. And, and like I stated already, what did they try to do? They tried to put it in their own hands and they tried to fix it. They tied these tiny fig leaves together and made little aprons for themselves. If anybody knows the size of a fig leaf, it's not very big. But they tried to cover their nakedness. Uh, you're not going to cover too much nakedness with fig leaves. Um, but that, that's the, the humor in that moment. Uh, that They were trying to produce their covering. They were trying to produce, um, one would say, a right act for the wrong act. But we all know uh, that it doesn't really work like that. Uh, they tried to cover their nakedness, and they were unable. So what did they do to bring themselves right? What, what, had, what had happened? Well, first off, God was like, Adam, where art thou? And, and the funny thing about that is, God knows everything. God's everywhere. He knew exactly where Adam was, but he asked him, where art thou? There was a difference in the relationship, the same Adam that he had created wasn't the same Adam that was down before him. There was a corrupted Adam. There was, there was a different relationship that had transpired after eating of the forbidden fruit. But after that, after, after he, had, he had let him know, how did you know you were naked? And, and he gave him their, you know, a good old father to son and daughter talk. Uh, he made them garments of skin. And this skin was for Adam and his wife, and it clothed them in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. So, so that's what God did. Um, they were naked. They tried to cover their sin. They tried to cover their nakedness, one would say, their nakedness being the sin, or the sin realizing they were naked. Uh, they were filled with iniquity and sin, and they tried to cover it, but they couldn't do it, and God had to step in and clothe them. So we, we can apply this to our lives as well. You know, we were once naked and filled with iniquity and sin. And with all that we did, it only made a little to no covering in the end. But when God steps in on the scene, he begins to cover us. He begins to, to make us right. He begins to take our nakedness and clothe us. When, God when God's covering comes upon us and, and, he, and he covers you, it's his righteousness that, that's coming upon you and his glory coming his perfection covering you you know human beings were not perfect 
as human beings, we, we always fall short. We're, we're messing up. We sin. We try to do right. Knowing we're in this sinful state, we, we try to do right. And we try to put things back together. We try to live our lives accordingly and as good as we can. But we always fall short because we're not perfect. We're human. And we're, we're after, after that sinful state that Adam and Eve have left us in. We've been born into sin. That is part of our DNA going forward. But the good news is we can take apply and we can take upon ourselves God's covering and his nature. You know, we still do have the sin nature, but God's nature by his spirit comes upon us. So you may be asking, what is this ultimate covering that brings us to that place in pure relationship with God? Well, uh, the answer to that is his blood. His blood covers and washes away all our sins. Yes, we continue to sin. Yes, we continue to mess up. But his blood covers and his blood blots our transgressions. It's as if they never happened. His blood makes us free. It sets us free. We're able to enter into a new relationship with him and we have his covering. And when we go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, and then verse 20 through 21, and then go to 1 John 1, 7, it talks about applying the blood in our lives. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, 12, and then 20, 21 says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Now the God of peace that brought again from our dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Jesus died. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He died on that cross. And he, and he applied the blood to our lives from the sins we did prior in the Old Testament after an Adam and Eve sinned going on forward to the sins we're committing now. We are all guilty of why Jesus had to die on the cross. He wanted to sanctify the people with his own blood. He was a God of peace. The great shepherd of the sheep. It says they brought his blood. He brought his blood for an everlasting covenant between man and him making us perfect in every good work to do his will, which is pleasing in his sight, and doing that through Jesus. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleansed us from all sin. So the blood of Jesus right there cleanses us from all sin. And if you go deep into scripture and you, and you go looking, he is the, the propitiator of our sins. You could say the atonement of our sins. That is, God has provided a way for humankind to come back into that harmonious, that balanced relationship with him as it was back in, with Adam and Eve before they ate that forbidden fruit. In Old Testament scripture, um, atonement was used about 140 times involving the reconciliation of sin by ways of sin offering or sacrifice. We all know who paid that ultimate price. 
sacrificing his life on the cross that day so we could have that ultimate relationship with him forever and ever for eternity unto perfection and that that man that died on the cross that day that man robed in flesh who was god manifest in flesh being jesus he was whipped he was martyred uh, another word for martyred another way to explain martyred is killed because of his belief he was beaten he was stripped down he was hung on a cross he was being held up by rusted and bent nails he was cursed upon he was spit on he was belittled he was he he, he went through so much agony and pain that our human minds can't fully comprehend we can try to get a loose understanding of what he went through he had thorns pressed into his head he endured so much pain with no broken bones he bled he was in agony he was in pain he endured so much on that day of this ultimate atonement this day of the ultimate sin offering this ultimate sin sacrifice he was the perfect spotless lamb that they talked about in old testament they they had and he died for us he gave everything so we could be with him. He gave everything so we could have a relationship with him. You know, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, they, they had the tabernacle. They had to go through all these ritualistic things to get themselves right before God. Everything there had a purpose. It symbolized getting closer to him, whether it being the, the word, prayer, uh giving giving up yourself making yourself clean and getting yourself into that holy of holies which Aaron I believe was only able to do that once a year on the day of atonement and that put God in a small space with them he resided with them but at what cost and under what condition God wanted to have that relationship with us he wanted to have relationship with his creation he wanted to be able to speak with us. He wanted to be able to, to teach us, to show us how it's done. And he wanted to make things right so we could be with him in eternity. And how was he to do that? Well, he had to robe himself in flesh, put himself up on that cross, being in, under perfection, sinless, spotless lamb, and die for us on that day. That man Jesus gave everything so we could live everything just let that sink in for a moment god endured all that pain all the the punishment the beating the whipping the cursing the belittlement for us we, we serve a good god we serve an amazing god who's always there will never leave us nor forsake us but we need his blood. We need his blood so we can have a pure relationship with him. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. You know, we all in this world, we're all unclean. And all the righteous acts and all the good things we try to do make up only filthy rags. We may be clothed, 
but were clothed with tiny fig leaves, one would say, and shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So just like the fig leaf of Adam and Eve, they knew they had messed up and they tried to do right. They tried to get themselves back to that place where they once were. But you see, that was impossible for they were trying to do it on their own. Just like we try to do these righteous acts. We try to be good. We try to live wholesome lives. But without Jesus, without applying his blood to our lives, it's really for nothing. Because because we're, we're doing everything in a state of iniquity. We need Jesus. Our filthy rags will shrivel up like a leaf and blow away. You see, a leaf is not an adequate covering. A leaf will perish and die, wither away. And how much can a little fig leaf actually cover? It's about the size of a fist. I never really said that, sometimes smaller. But if you look at that, that that's very that's very little. That is not good enough for Adam and Eve. And that's not good enough for you and me. We need his covering. We need his atonement. And we need his blood to bring us to that place of perfection and relationship with him. The only way to make it to heaven, the only way to be with him, to have a true relationship with him, is, is to be perfect. And we're not perfect. So how can we be perfect so we can make it unto perfection? Well, we allow God to change us and work on us and, and make us, therefore, perfect like he is perfect. We need to apply the blood of Jesus to our lives and we need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and... Um, little tidbit to that applying the blood to your life and how to apply the blood to your life is to be baptized in jesus name so you said baptized in jesus name so not the father son and the holy spirit in titles like i was when i was younger the answer to that in short is no you know we, we've got to be sure that we're doing this correctly we've got to be sure that we're being baptized in the name of the father which is jesus the name of the son which is jesus in the name of the holy spirit which is Jesus. There is no other name than Jesus. So just like Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we are baptizing in that name. That's how he commanded the disciples to go forth and to baptize going forward. And what did they do with that instruction? They baptized in Jesus' name on every account. It wasn't until the second century church that they started baptizing in the titles and they started to separate. They went from uh they went to binitarianism, which is believing in two, and then they eventually made three, being trinitarianism. Um, but that didn't happen until after the second century church or during the second century church. Prior being the church that sprouted from Jesus, it was Jesus' name, baptism, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost as evidence of speaking in tongues. And it says in Acts 8.16, for as yet uh, he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 10.48 says, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him uh, tarry certain days. Acts 19.5 says, uh, Paul, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I did go ahead and say uh, verse 4 prior to verse 5. But you see a correlation here. You see, you see a, a residing theme, and that is they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they were baptized in Jesus' name, the blood came upon their lives. Um, they, they would one say be born again. Um, 
it says in Romans 6, 3 through 6, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ. We were baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ we are raised up from the dead. By the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified, with him being Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And Matthew 5.48 says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. And how can we be perfect if we're not perfect? We'll follow a life after Jesus, follow his teachings. He instructed them what to do. He instructed them that his spirit was going to be poured out and, and they were to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as evidence of speaking in tongues where his spirit would dwell within them and bring forth change interiorly to the exterior. And to be baptized in, in Jesus' name, you know, taking upon that, 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 that spiritual burial, we're dying to ourselves uh, via repentance, and then we're being buried with him on, um, in the likeness of water, water baptism. So we die to ourselves, we're buried and allow God's covering his blood to wash on our lives. And if you look over in Colossians 2, I believe it's through uh, verse 11 through 14, it talks about his blood and being buried with him in baptism and how our, our sins have, have been blotted, the things that which have been made against us, these ordinances, these things, things that come against us. Um, he took it away in, by the nailing of his cross and these things are blotted out. It was as if they've never happened. They're washed away by his blood. He paid that ultimate sacrifice so we could made per be made perfect unto perfection so we can be in heaven with him, to have that harmonious relationship with him. Where Adam and Eve messed up, we're able to come back to that place with him. And just like the scripture said, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. Unto his death, we are buried unto his likeness. And, and like being buried to ourself in our sin, God's blood is applied to our life. As Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we all should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So we, we've crucified our our old man, we've applied the blood to our lives. We walk as as new creatures, uh, new creatures that are that have are 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 born again, are born free from sin. We don't have to to sin any longer. We are we are set free by His blood, and and we are cleansed by His blood. And Peter, when he was preaching, he asked the people a rhetorical question in Acts 10, 47 through 48. He asked them, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And after that, he, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed them to tarry certain days. So it wasn't a question. It wasn't maybe you should be baptized. No, he, he was stating you needed to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and his name is Jesus. So it's necessary. There's an importance. I know they went to other places, and they asked him, what, how and what manner were you baptized? And they stressed the importance. You need to do this correctly. Not under John's baptism. If you were, you need to be baptized under Jesus' baptism. 
One was the forgiveness of sins. The other is the remission of sins. Forgiveness is meaning you're, you're forgiven. Remission is as if it's never happened. God forgets. He chooses to forget. So just like Adam and Eve, you know, you know, we mess up day in and day out. We we struggle. We have times where we're not perfect. We, we're human. It's expected of us. Do we justify sin? No. But we try our best. We, we, we try to live good lives. We try to be good people. But at the end of the day, if we don't have Jesus, and at the end of the day, if we don't have his covering, we're lost and we're not going to make it. Where we're going to fall every single time, no matter how much we try. We can try to cover ourselves with tiny fig leaves that make up no covering, or we can allow Jesus to clothe us and allow Jesus to robe us unto perfection and allow him to enter into our lives so we can be perfect. You know, I still mess up, but guess what? Because I have the relationship with God and I have his covering, he meets the need and he fills the gap. So that's what that's what we need, God's covering. I can't stress how much how how important that is. Isaiah 1:18 says, "Come now and let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow; that they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So our skin, our sins are as red as scarlet. And guess what? God's coming and washing away our, our dirty, filthy rags, our, our scarlet red sins, and making them white as snow by the power of his blood and the power of his redeeming grace through Jesus' name, baptism. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be made as wool. You see, his blood frees us from our bondage. His blood, it makes us clean, it heals, and it has power. His power, by Jesus' blood, we are then set free. We are no longer bond. We are no longer bound by chains of addiction, by chains of things weighing us down that we can't break free from sin. We are made free. We are made whole. That emptiness that we've had in our lives is now filled by his blood. We are set free and we are made different from the world. So as we close in prayer and as, as we close this podcast, I just want us to focus on his blood. You know, throughout the remainder of the day or throughout the remainder of the week for what he did us on us on this day of atonement and where he has brought us from. And if I've said any scripture that you may not recognize, if I've said anything that you you may not know to be true, just study it out in scripture. You know, there's a lot more there. I've only touched the surface of it. You can go deep and, and, and see exactly the context behind the scripture, um, why they said it, to whom they said it to. And the importance behind it. We live in scary times. We live in perilous times where fear has, has gripped this country, and there's been so much division and disunity based on on any any news article or any news program that you're watching right now. It's spreading that fear, and it's making it so much worse. The only thing that I can truly hang my hat on, the only true thing that I believe is is, is gonna come to the fruition of, of being for our betterment is going to be God's truth and God's word. There's nothing else to have my faith in. I don't, I'm not worried about what's going on. I'm not fearful like everybody else. And I'm not saying that proudly, but there's a surety and there's a faith that I have in Jesus Christ that everything is going to go and work out according to his word. 
and he wants what's best for us, even though it's not going to be easy. And maybe we, we may not be happy along the way. There's a joy that comes along with serving the Lord. There's a surety. There's a trust and there's a faith that he's going to guide and direct our lives accordingly to the betterment of his kingdom and for the betterment of ourselves. You know, if you don't have this for yourself, I, I advise you to, to dig deep and find it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm only here to uh, tell you guys what God's leading me to say. Anything deeper needs to come through your personal walk with Jesus Christ himself. So um, I guess that would be the end of the podcast. Uh, this is episode two. The third one will come out very shortly. And once again, I do thank you so much for taking the time out of your already busy day to come spend it with me. Have a good one. <laughs>